everything is working. Okay, everyone. Welcome. Special welcome to uh, Alex. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Of course. Of course. I Thank will. you for having me. Yeah, sure. Man, no problem. I, um, I came to you through Mark. Mark Otten, uh, some of the people listening to this or watching this uh, might know him. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's our connection and that's how you ended up here. And as you said, there's a, a couple of coaches of mine who are coaches of yours as well. So uh, can you tell the people briefly what you do? What I do? Is this, uh, is this also where it all started for me? No, you just, just do is tell what you do just now. What people okay. could know you from? Uh, what people could know me from is my sort of alias mixed by Fasi, mm -hmm. probably. But it's uh, in the background of the music scene. Okay. Um, I do a lot of mixing, mastering. That's my... Uh, yeah, well, that's where all my time goes to. Yeah. Sort of. And 20% uh, of that is producing, too. Mm -hmm. Um... And next to that, I do uh, coaching with Mark Otte. Mm -hmm. So we coach um, people who make music, and we yeah do a deep dive in their uh, yeah music career. Okay, and so sort of what you do, but we dive more yeah. into the music. You're more into yeah. the music production process, where we are more focused yes. on the business side and the mental side of things. Mm -hmm. Okay, and. Um, you mentioned that 20% of the time is, is music production itself. Uh, is that for yourself or is it co-production? or uh, Co-production and for myself. Okay. But um, for myself, I never knew. Like I, I have background in classical music and metal, uh, the hardcore, uh, dance, progressive house, uh, normal house, <laughs> and, and nowadays in the urban. So... If it's about me, Alex Fassi, then I'm not sure what I want to do. It's quite a variety like of styles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So artistically, I'm not sure yet, but I do a lot of production stuff for others, which is, to me, way easier and uh, fulfilling. I, I don't want to... Well, I, I do DJ yeah. too, but I, I wouldn't want to be Chesto or whatever. That's not my... Uh, okay. Oh, we'll, get, we'll get to that later on. Uh, yeah. Let's first get started with like a, an introduction of what you've done and and where how you came where you are now. Um, yeah. When did you get started with music? Uh, music since I was a little kid. Actually, my dad's a musician. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a guitar guitar player and singer. So okay. and that's his his main job. Oh, it's actually making entire a living from it. Cool. Yeah. Famous guy, or is it more like on the background? On the background, yeah. Okay. Uh, he did. He was the guitar player for Marco Borsato for the Dutchies oh, yeah. in here. He did uh, Lee Towers, that kind of <laughs> nice, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> little different route than I uh, did, but yeah. Um, so yeah. From from kid, my four year older sister is a piano player, mm -hmm. uh, classically trained at the conservatory in Den Haag. Mm -hmm. So. I had to do something yeah. in the in the family because uh, yeah, music was the number one thing. Yeah. So uh, I chose violin. Violin. I actually yeah, I studied violin for four years at the conservatory in Den Haag. Okay. 
And after that, that was not my scene. That is, not at all. Uh, to me, that's one of the most beautiful instruments, to be honest. Until you have to practice four hours a day. I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't know. I can, <laughs> I can assume, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like the violin, saxophone as well, and the piano. Saxophone is cool. Yeah. yeah, saxophone, violin, and piano are, are like the top three for me. It's, it somehow yeah. is an instrument that is perfect to um, bring emotion or something to represent emotion. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I totally agree. From music production inside, I would rather have been doing the playing the piano. Yeah. Because that would be a m bit more handy yeah. while making music. So everything's done with the piano and music production. Yeah, so it is what it is. But uh, yeah, my music theory is there. So um, yeah. I'm okay. So you, okay. you started pretty oh. early with uh, playing an instrument. And, and what then? <coughs> like you went to school and then? Hammer Brood Academy. Okay. Mark Olten was actually my teacher back then. So your boss-ish is now Washington. My my co-worker, my yeah. co-colleague. Let's let, yeah. yeah, sort of. Your colleague. His brand your... name. So yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah. How did you end up at Hammer Brood? As in, um, did you do like you also did conser conservatory? Conservatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. Back in the days, uh, that was when I was pretty young. Mm -hmm. That was the pre... I don't know how to say it in English. It's a difficult word. What's with the Dutch schooling. word? Uh, Forpleiding. Pre-education? Yeah, fourth HBO. Honestly, don't know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so, I was pretty young. And then I went to a normal school <laughs> with n normal people <laughs> and I started playing guitar and stuff. And after that, we, back then, when we were 16, we were allowed to go out to clubs. Yep. And 16. friends of mine, 16 and drinking yeah. and stuff, crazy days, yeah. crazy days, but uh, n not more on that. Um, back then, yeah, friends of mine started to work at a club mm -hmm. at 16, promo team kind of stuff. And I did that too. And then that was the first time I saw a DJ and I was like, that's what I want to do. Uh -huh. But playing your playing other music from others is is nice. But after a year or so, you start to think like, if you're in music that long, at least to me, yeah. I wouldn't do my own stuff. It, too. It's funny how that works because that's what I get from a lot of music producers that once you start DJing that after a period of time you just feel like okay I, I it's nice but I kind of want to bring my own stuff to the table yeah it's funny 100%. how that works it's it's the general thing we all have <laughs> mm. well I do I do know some DJs that are fully just only DJ yeah. and love what they do but like the interest like in a year or so like the the the, the trick gets boring mm-hmm of doing what you need to do behind the decks because yeah to be honest I'm scratching sometimes but it's just for fun and it's yeah. not real skill behind it but like that's that's it and especially these days you know that uh, CDJs kind of do all the work <laughs> yeah kind so of. it's programming the set in your head yeah. that's that's where the fun is but in the end yeah if you yeah. do that a hundred times then how, how old yeah. are you now? mmm 29 mm. Uh, turning 30 in December. 
Okay. And lots of gray hairs already. So. Are you afraid of 30 or do you think it's exciting? Yes, very, very much. Oh, really? So, yeah, I think when I wake up on the 8th of December, I'll cry, something like that, because it feels like my... I had a coaching session with somebody else, uh, no name dropping or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not in, in our coaching program, but I had a talk with someone and she was 16 and she was scared that she wasn't going to make it before she was 18. Because <laughs> after that, your life ends. <laughs> uh, I was like, ah, that's not really how the world works. But oh. you'll see eventually. But, but yeah, I, that might be the same thing for me. Yeah, don't you 30. think 30 is kind of the same thing and 50-year-old 50 50 year old people tell you the same thing? Uh, yeah. So, hey. It is what it is. Um, Honestly, I think 30 is the sweet spot, man. Everything between your 30 and your 50s is the sweet spot, in my opinion. Yeah, until you're 50. <laughs> yeah, and probably when you're 50, probably. Like 60 becomes yeah. a sweet spot because you get grandchildren or whatever. I don't know, but life's fun. You know, you yeah. make it your fun yourself. Um, mm. 100%. Let's talk about the job that you're doing right now um you mentioned mixing mastering you mentioned music production um coaching of, of music producers hmm? um my mom's a teacher so i had to really? choose music or teaching and so it became both you're the perfect product of your parents i i i i think so my parents tell me that so <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Better be true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, how? Uh, let me let me find it. Like, what's the the most common mistake you see with your clients when they come in? Ooh, this is ah, oh, yeah. Like, I'm a, a, like maybe a rookie mistake or something. You feel like okay, this is something most of the producers do, which really isn't necessary or. The rookie mistake that I see most is the. That's probably gonna be starting out watching tutorials and trusting them and not trusting yourself, just educating yourself first. Mm. Yeah. Or just learn the lessons that they teach you, but don't. If, if anybody tells you you always have to do this, don't trust them. Sorry. Yeah, and why is that? But that's, why shouldn't you listen to other people? Uh, you sh okay, sorry. Uh, whoa, difficult question. It's my job Ooh. asking difficult questions. <laughs> I'm always trying to stay objective, so mm -hmm. it's not, not necessarily you have to trust whatever I say, but there's always more ways of seeing whatever it is that's happening in music production or whatever. Mm -hmm. So get the knowledge from someone try it if it works for you nice but if it's a uh, sort of a habit and you're not thinking about it why you're using whatever then yeah yeah just be conscious yeah be conscious i think that's a good one because a lot of things become patterns during the time you know if, if you once you found a great compressor or whatever you tend to use it for everything uh, mm -hmm. once you found a great echo you tend to use it on everything so becoming aware yeah. of why are you actually using the plugin? What are you trying? What's your goal with it or something? That's a good tip. Yeah. 
And do you really like it? Or is it because someone else told you, oh, this is super insane. It, this yeah. limiter sounds so great on every track that exists. Like, is it really? Or just keep yeah. listening. What's the what's something that you've learned over time which you really value at this point? Ooh. Um, I used to be that guy. <laughs> um, well, uh, I was... Hmm. That the grind is never over, maybe? And that I'm okay with that? And with the grind, you mean? Sort of, yeah, the the, the, the music grind. So learning every day. Mm. Uh, if something is normal for you the next day, anything can change. So be aware of that. Yeah. And But do you, do you want to be specific, so blah, blah, <laughs> specific on music production? Uh, you can thing? go wider, you know. Mm. That for creative people, Ableton is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. Like, it has a great workflow yeah. for uh, creativity. Yeah. Okay. Mixing, mastering, it's horrible. Yeah. But in the rest, it's... Yeah. You mentioned... It, yeah, the, but... It, you mentioned before... Yeah. Um, when we had like the pre-talk in it this afternoon, you mentioned that mixing and mastering is really your strongest point. If I look yeah. at most of the, the artists that I know or that I coach or whatever, or we're kind of getting started, mixing and mastering mm -hmm. is the hardest part of music production. How have yeah. you overcome that? Or how did you become such a mixing and mastering engineer? Uh, Normally, I, I I talk down on it a bit because I'm I'm Dutch. I've I'm, heard it. Yeah. If you do, as you do more normal, do you gek genoeg? That's a Dutch saying. If you like the American way, is look how good I am. Yeah. And that's not the Dutch way. But um, yeah, I'm going to tell you the truth. I was a pretty good producer mm -hmm. back in the days. But I was horrible at finishing music. Mm -hmm. So I actually did my uh, did my own research, sort of, of how to finish songs better. Yeah. Uh, like arrangement, that kind of stuff, but also mixing, mastering. And what does research and mean? YouTube tutorials or? Uh, YouTube, Google, uh, asking whoever I met in any studio, uh, Everything I could, and on YouTube, for example, it started with Pensado's place. I don't know if you know Pensados, but he's uh, Pensado, Pensado, Dave Pensado. Yeah, I heard of him. so yeah, he's uh, one of the biggest mix engineers in the world, mm -hmm. and he has his own talk show uh, that, and he uh, invites guests that are mix engineers or producers or mastering engineers, yeah. and he does uh, tutorials too. Okay, so. Uh, Yeah, I went hard. So if I was in the shower, I had him on. If I was in bed, I had him on until I fell asleep in the morning, in yeah. the car, in the everywhere. So simply And, uh, listening to that, it's a podcast, right? Yeah. So simply listening. Uh, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Vid video cast, podcast. Um, yeah. Simply by, by listening to that, you, you learn from it. Yeah. 
And did you did you also 100%. apply it immediately? So you sat down, you sit down behind your computer and and use the plugin he was talking about, or actually did the trick that he was talking about? Yeah. And then yeah, so mm-hmm. it went so crazy that I have all these these presets that are remade because somebody in the show told said and. In for, at forty five minutes, like yeah, normally I use a, a I use a fifty millisecond attack on the on the LA seventy six compressor and whatever, and I save. Yeah. That's mine. So yeah. Okay. So that's uh, that's how it started. Yeah. But that was actually the purpose was to do it for my own tracks, mm-hmm. and I was working in a studio in Maasluis. It's a, a village in uh, mm-hmm. in the Netherlands, and. Um, that's the old DigiDance studios. I yeah. don't know if you've ever heard. Yeah, DigiDance is. Uh, I actually signed. <laughs> good story. I signed my first track there, and then they went bankrupt, and my track was. Oh stuck. really? Yeah, never got uh, released there. Uh, uh-huh. And then the guy, the the manager from Hardwell, moved to Cloud Nine, because mm-hmm. he was working at at DigiDance, and he called me and said, "Hey, I'm moving to Cloud Nine. I can take your track with me if you want, so we can release it on Cloud Nine. So that's how that happened. Yeah. Oh, and that was in the beginning stage of Joey Suki, early, the artist? Early years, yeah. I mean, let's okay. say 2005-ish. What's the, what's the song called? Are we going to give feedback now? or? <laughs> oh, you can give feedback. It's called Bomb with a Bass Jackers <laughs> remix, actually. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it. And I'll, I'll the bass is Bomb this, with uh, double M. So B-A-double-M. And then Beige X Remix and Ah, Bomb in Dutch. Yeah. Ah, Joey <laughs> Suki Bomb. <laughs> yeah, with a Beige checker and Kessler Remix. Yeah, Kessler's my nephew. Uh, ah. Well, my back, how do you call it? Like second nephew, or how do you call that? Achterneef. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Back, uh, back, back cousin. cousin. <laughs> um, but th- yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's. Some words are hard. Yeah, exactly. In English. Yeah, but um, I would like to go back to the mixing mastering process because I can in your background I can see a cover of a song uh, which is crisscross with man right? Yeah. Which tracks that? Moon. Moon. Yeah. I is for me. Oh yeah, she's. He is he's from, from me. me. <laughs> he's from me. <laughs> and, it's uh, a Dutch song that went platinum. I don't know how many times. And what's uh, your role in that? Or is it just that? My role is a little co-production, but they screwed me out of the contract. And nice. uh, <laughs> good to know. Yeah. And mixing and mastering. Okay, so that's what you do as well, like a do for other people mixing and mastering. Aha, yep. nice. And how That's how actually my my biggest job now. Yeah. Yeah, biggest chunk of it. And how do people um, reach out to you like how do they find you What's uh, actually I have no clue how they find me well it's it's either through labels because they know me mm-hmm. and actually my first job ever was Ronnie Flex mm-hmm. um, my my studio neighbor was uh, the producer called Boas from the Beats yeah then I don't know anybody heard it but he does ghost productions for Diplo and uh, yeah. sorry productions for Diplo he's a big guy uh, the, uh, big guy and he did everything for Ronnie Flex who's an urban artist and he I was his neighbor and he said hey 
you like to let me say it nicely go crazy on EQs right yeah ah do you want to engineer the Ronnie Flex album yeah of course so I just said yes and that album won uh, 80 song yeah it's kind of a Grammy for Dutch it's people Grammy for Dutch people <laughs> yeah so um, that was my first job and then I was the the big engineer the that big nobody job, heard yeah. of because I really didn't do any big engineering jobs before. How long did it take you to so, make a living from this? Um, after the Hermann Brood Academy? Yeah, let's say after was, study, was, after college, like how long would it take you to, to make a living from this? I had a job at Cloud9 after my... Because I wasn't... I'm, an, I'm a pretty nice guy and people like to hang with me and people try l like to give me opportunities yeah. and i got the opportunity to work at cloud nine mm -hmm. after i got after i finished uh, the herman brood academy mm -hmm. that was only a three month journey so uh i i could make a living for three months and after that it was uh difficult okay very difficult living with my parents uh just uh i think it took me I did some productions for other people, which made me some sort of money, but I I couldn't buy a house or yeah. rent a house even. Yeah, maybe 12 square meters, yeah. but that was going to be it. And I think in the fourth year, I got the opportunity of uh, doing the engineering for Ronnie Flex. Okay, and that's and when it started everything took off yeah. i was working at the herman brood academy too as a teacher mm -hmm. and i actually is there a herman brood guy here uh, i don't think no. so i don't think they don't know yet but i i quit my job actually two days ago at the herman brood <laughs> yeah oh okay well now they know <laughs> well exactly. scoop sorry dudes yeah. I'm gonna miss you. I left. Well, I guess gonna it's a good thing, right? I guess it means that you can make a living from all the things that you love to do the most. So uh, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, to everyone listening right now, if you have a question for Alex, feel free to drop it in the general chat if you want. I will uh, pick a few of those questions in a couple of minutes. And uh, you, it, you can, it can be music production related, right, Alex? Or... Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, mixing. I'm uh, I'm in love with synthesis, mm -hmm. sound design, mixing, mastering, uh, any genre of music. I I don't care. Uh, I love everything. As music, as music so. related. Yeah, yeah. I once had a, a synthesism masterclass at Rob Papa. Oh, that's not a bad place to be no i'm not sure if he still does it but back in the days you could literally go to his studio which was i believe it was his house he built a basement under his house uh and that's where his studio was so on like a saturday afternoon we went there with my my back cousin <laughs> my nephew <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah and uh we went there for an afternoon an afternoon and we yeah he just started explaining how synthesis worked and how you could create your own stuff with this like the, uh, what is it predator predator and stuff Early Predator game. Blue and some red. Blue wasn't wasn't there yet. I think it was just Predator at that time. Oh. Really early mm. days. 
2005. Hmm? 2005? Yeah, a long time ago. When I was 18 and I thought that that was the end. <laughs> the end? Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. Um, uh, one of is there? Where can I see the chat? Do I, there's can a I chat, see the chat in the left called general chat. Let me click on it now. I'm such a noob. Sorry, there's someone guys. typing. One thing that I wanted to ask from uh, C Trace, he dropped it in the general chat. He sent an image, and I'm not sure if you can see it in the general chat. There's an image of where all the elements should be mixed. Ah, you see it? Is this true? Saw it in a video. Yeah. So, is it true? Vocal, snare, kick, bass, mono. In the middle. Percussion, mono. piano, strings, bass, guitars, synths, effects, background vocals in the sides, and the same thing on the left. Yeah. Is this true, or would you say this is complete horseshit? Um. It the it makes sense, yeah, to do it, mm-hmm. but following this to the T is not my general thing because yeah. that that's what I that's why um, reference tracks are so amazing always because mm-hmm. there is a time and a place for reference tracks. If you go too early in the creative process and you have a reference track, usually or what happens to me is I'm remaking the song. Mm-hmm. which is probably not the the best idea because that song exists already. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, uh, if for instance, if you listen to the motto with, uh, from Chesto, mm-hmm. the bass is super stereo. So what's the truth? If you want to have your track uh, sound good on every sort of sound system it's a good idea to to have some sort of guidelines which you know work mm-hmm. what's one of but, the the most important things in in mixing and mastering like some sort of rule that is always the same like maybe the kick should be mono for example um yes the kick should be mono mm-hmm. but not because somebody else told you like to me, my 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 um, my uh, my brain starts working when I hear that stuff, and I want to know why it is why your kick should be mono. But there's a lot of reasons. But the biggest reason is is that subwoofers. If you see speakers, you know three way speakers or four way or two way. Like if it says two way, you have two speakers. So the top one and the bottom one, like my Dinaudios that yeah, I have here, the tweeter and the bigger um, one, the Conus. Yeah, and the smaller one in the top only plays high frequencies and the bottom one plays lower frequencies, but they're not big enough to actually produce sub-frequencies and that's something that, that that's uh, Naturkunde, science. science. So, um, subwoofers is, ju- is a single cone, one element of... Uh, being able to produce frequencies longer waves right so deep deep kind of sounding waves deep longer waves and usually if you see like every home cinema whatever thing if it says 5.1 it means you have five normal speakers and one subwoofer yeah which means if your kick is super stereo or whatever and you have to make it 
mono, it usually loses some yeah. um, power, power, yeah. energy, or it, it just loses something. So why? And why would sometimes it? it's going to be better? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's not, and usually it's not better. <laughs> so, and, and why would yeah a guy like Chesto choose to make his bass stereo? What could be a reason? Have you thought about that? Uh, because what could be a reason? Well, it sounds like the the sound sounds really sort of to me it sounds natural mm -hmm. in some way and it, it it sounds like it's a sample mm -hmm. being played like either a cello or a flute or whatever i actually made a track with a flute which doesn't sound like a flute at all it's a bass line and whatever because of what i heard in his track okay so but it, it just gives a certain characteristic and a little more depth yeah but I did see that the lowest of frequencies are mono. Oh, the lowest ones are mono. Yeah. Okay, so that's so but the, the power is still he's there. using. Yeah, but there is some stereoness in there, but it still works okay. in mono. That's why you always have to press the mono button just to make sure if it yeah, still if it, works. If it still stands, yeah. Yeah. I'm checking out. Uh, Tiggy says, "What was the thing that you realize?" What was the thing that made you realize you were very good at what you were doing and made you believe in yourself? Who? Oh. So was uh, it like winning an award, for example, or uh, getting approval of your parents? I don't know. <laughs> Not at all. That's it's a super. I can almost get emotional over this question because there's. It's ah, that's that's difficult because it's never good enough for me. True perfectionist in the music industry, true perfectionist, which makes me good at my job because I want to know everything. So I know I'm at a certain level, but still, everybody likes to be told, "Oh, you're so amazing, ah, that's nice," and blah blah. But like the the negative comments stay like. Have more priority in our minds, right? Yeah, they take so, they take up the focus. So, but I know for sure I'm good because I did my study and I'm thinking of every decision I'm making and it's all considered and I I did my work. So, yeah, that's yeah. But it, didn't, it wasn't a moment like ah, oh, it's a track on the radio. I was like ah, oh, cool, and then after that it happened so often. So there's never been a moment where you actually normal. realized like, huh. I might be good at this. Um, uh, it's. I think it's getting more and more mm. because in the beginning, I, yeah, I started at this level. It was crazy. I I would in instantly. I was at this level instead of <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, gradually uh, going there, but. Um, yeah, so that was like when I had to do all the work and all the whatever I need. To, yeah, and now it's I'm I'm getting more and more um, sure of like yeah. my abilities of whatever because yeah I've done it like a million times now. Do you think the achievements help you to uh, become self secure? Yeah, sure. Okay, just I'm yeah. just wondering. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The the plaques on the wall help, sort of. 
Like, ah, okay, I, I, I did something, at least. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Which is cool, but it's it's a never-ending story, music, right? Because it's there's always something that you can learn or get better at or. True. It's in life in general. You stuff. can keep learning. Yeah. Uh, there's a question from Lubas. First of all, nice to be here. He says. Um, so, what would you suggest to young producers? who want to start making money with jobs such as mixing or mastering engineering is doing mm. a Fiverr job or how do you start? It's a good question. Yeah. A uh, really good question. Uh, I would not start at Fiverr, but that, that might be personal. Okay. Wait, there is some personal, personal, uh, whatever meaning, opinion, meaning, personal opinion. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Fiverr because you're number five hundred. Somebody else already knows how to do the Fiverr game and whatever. I would start with tracks of my buddies. Mm. Start there, get your craft going, because what's ten bucks gonna do for you in the long run, right? Yeah. From a Fiverr job, not that much. Because you're not starting here, so you gotta start somewhere. So I would say, uh, just in the in your hometown, whatever, go and hang with the best musicians you have in your hometown, <laughs> and try to get uh, those mixes to start. So you're building your CV, yeah, uh, your your discography, yeah, sort of. I would start there, and after that, you're more interesting to. Yeah, well, actually build a business around that. I, I think for mixing and mastering engineers, um, the most important thing to realize is that the product that you're delivering, so the, the mix and mastered track, is your resume. So the better your product is, the more likely it is that people will come to you. Uh, and I'm guessing that it happened to you as well. As you mentioned, once labels realize that you are a great mixing and mastering engineer because you keep delivering high quality products, they come back and they start talking about it as well. Um, so I, I think for if you really want to pursue a job as mixing and mastering engineer, get started locally, just start creating products, start putting out stuff and let people show people how good you are. And that eventually, mm. uh, the only kind of reason how people come to you is, is mouth to mouth, right? Like, uh, um, yeah, through network. I have, I have a website. There is zero traffic on there. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Yeah, but, but I'm fully booked. Yeah, but imagine so. like if you if you were if you are looking for a mixing and mastering engineer, how do you find one through a website, right? You wanna you wanna hear how your products sound, how good you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, hopefully that helps. That's you. why I have for the people who want to see what I work on, I have a mixed by Vasi playlist on Spotify, and you can see. I want to say all the tracks, but a lot of tracks are not in there because they're just too <laughs> whack. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Like in the beginning, not everything is as good as yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so uh, two questions from Jan. What synth is that behind you? What, sorry? The synth behind you, what, which one is that? Behringer, Poly D. 
D, okay. And the second question is, what's your next step or next goal in your career? Oh, I actually just uh, just realized my next step, but I have a di I have other, another step, but I will tell. Like realizing this goal, or uh, no, a couple of days ago. Okay. Or days, maybe a week. I don't know. Uh, I did a mix master for a super huge artist from the from the France. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get my international gigs uh, going. Nice, David Guetta. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it's a it's a hip hop artist. Uh, oh, he's cool. called Veggie Dream. Okay. And he has a, a hit with 300 million streams, something like that. I don't know. French rap's cool. Uh, I like French rap. Yeah. Love my, uh... And uh, my other my other thing is uh, getting my productions in the market again. As a, as a solo artist. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm just I'm I'm making music every day. At least one one new idea every day. I'm trying to put yeah. At least I'm making a folder and whatever, and I can go back to those beats I made. Yeah. In whichever studio session I'm gonna end up at, so I at least have some music to maybe pass around and uh, yeah. Smart. So because the love for making music. Has never died, but it just uh, got a lager pitje. Uh, on the background. Kind background. Of, yeah. Let's leave it at background. Yeah. There's another question from Lubas. Do you have any tips on how I can have a better chance of getting accepted by music labels, or are there things that I have to pick a particularly be careful about? Sorry, what was the last question? Um, can I have a, how can I have a better chance of getting accepted by music labels? And is there mm -hmm. anything I have to particularly be careful about? So maybe sending the wrong message in an email or the wrong demo link or whatever. Ah. Can you do wrong things? Yeah, you can be not nice to people. Mm -hmm. That's never a good thing. But in the rest, uh, you got to sell your dream. That's it. Um, I see people be in, in the beginning of their career making a lot of mu music, which sounds okay, but it's not the best ever and whatever. And it's just one track. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I want to send this to labels. Mm -hmm. But what are you giving them? Like, what, what does the label need? What are the other artists are there? Is the only other artist Martin Garrix in, on that label? And then yeah. you're, it's going to be a pretty small chance that they want to release your music do they do a dj mix every week uh yes or no if yes have a dj mix ready um if you have 10 tracks ready send one track one week if you don't get a reply send the next track then another week so it's all humans you're interacting with yeah so if i see your name in my email box 10 times in 10 weeks i'm gonna be firstly annoyed and after that, I'll start listening to your music. What's this guy about? Okay. And if your music is good enough, at least, or or commercial or whatever you want to, whatever it is, your super artistry and super cool could be too. You've got the looks of Justin Bieber, also great. Yeah. Then I'm going to contact you. That's, that's just how it works. But have a plan. 
sort of if you just if you make one song and send it out, yeah, yeah the chances are gonna be super small. True. How how was that for you? For me. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> the funny thing about my job is is that I'm telling all the things that I uh, to other people that. I would like to have known myself when I got started. So I made all the mistakes that the people are mentioning now as well. Uh, but if I look at it now, it's so much clearer to me. And as you said, it's it's a human's business. The, the most important thing about the music industry is that you create a network and that people like you. Um, like you can put a favor in with people. That's the most important thing. They, they want to give you the favor of... X, you know, play here, release there, whatever you want to do it. And that's only happening to people that they like. And it's not that I've been a big jerk or whatever. Like, I think looking back in hindsight, one of my strongest points was the fact that I'm such a normal down-to-earth guy. Um, Bravo. Yeah, exactly. Like a a down-to-earth Bravo guy. Um, That was one Mm. of my unique selling points at that time. I just wasn't aware of it. Um, So, yeah. Talking to people. Would you have mm-hmm. done differently if you did know that? No, because that's just me. That's just how I am. But what yeah. I what I would have done differently is uh, the strategy behind releasing. I, I just never really thought about all the things I did. I just did something, you know. Mm. Uh, and right now, it's it's more like a clearer picture to me of which steps to take in order to become bigger and to grow. Uh, yeah. To me, looking back in hindsight, a lot of things kind of felt like I was lucky. While I really mm. wasn't, I just wasn't aware of what I did. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. That's, um, usually after the fact. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. That it's, yeah. And that's why I like to do what I'm doing now as a job, like sharing that experience, sharing that knowledge in order to help mm-hmm. other people save time, simply. Because to me, like I've I've wasted a lot of time making the wrong decisions or waiting too long for people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in the end, it's all about you. Yeah. You should be the one. And that, for labels, it's always all about them. Yeah, exactly. That's also one of the things yeah. you should realize. I, I was I was having a talk with someone else last week in the Discord. He works at Spinning, and he also said like, the, one of the biggest things that stuck with him was. Um, it's not personal as in it's just a business it feels personal it feels super personal but in the end it's just Mm -hmm. a business it's a numbers game and all the artists tend to make it too personal uh, because the the product that they're making the music the the song is their baby don't fuck with my baby (laughs) yeah that's why i'm trying to make a million babies because after that I don't care anymore exactly then you just forget about all those babies fuck them <laughs> yeah exactly but but really now we're getting to the core of this that's a good strategy just uh, make as many babies yeah. as possible so you forget about the first five yeah it's a sort of Genghis Khan kind of thing I don't know if you know it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Alex we're gonna wrap this up I wanna thank you a lot for taking the time to do this and share all the you knowledge too. and exper- experience with uh, the people listening. Um, Thank you guys for the questions too and for having me, of course. Yeah, no worries. And thanks for listening to the people who are still here. And um, yeah, I had fun. We're with the f- five of us, right? Now the five. We've been mm-hmm. at seven. And uh, after it's going online, there will be uh, hundreds of people listening to this. Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. Oh, yeah. 
And one thing I wanted to add uh, about releasing songs mm. with labels is they're in it to make money. So that's why I said the Justin Bieber look, the the whatever. Mm -hmm. If that's one of your selling points, then sell that to them. And if there is something else, figure out what what's you, good what you point. can give to the people. So, yeah, because if you have zero followers and whatever, it's gonna be really tough. So you either have to be the best musician musician alive, <laughs> or you have to figure out other stuff too. True, it's always complimenting each other so yeah okay i agree thanks man rambling yeah that's um, a good point thanks for uh this call and uh have a good night everyone <laughs>